Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, folks. November 21st, 2023, Tuesday morning. Remember, kids are out of school as you drive through the neighborhoods. Please be careful. Uh, We do not have to have any more tragedy here. Just take your time. Put your phone down. Don't text. Don't talk. Be aware of the traffic around you. There's a lot more this week than there is typically. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to visit with Ginny Griffin, Linda Fricky's sister. Linda was um, the victim of a murder. Three teens pled guilty to attempted manslaughter, and they received 20-year sentences yesterday. We'll talk to Ginny about their feelings about that sentence. The trial starts next Monday for the fourth defendant uh, that's going to trial for uh, second-degree murder. We'll open up the 12 o'clock hour with Freddie King, New Orleans City Council member. The council voted 5-0 last Thursday to allow five push card vendors who currently operate elsewhere uh, to operate and also to adopt uh, some more uh, rules and ordinances relative to more street vendors. Uh, you will recall that Lucky Dog um, was the only licensed vendor in the French Quarter for a long period of time, and the owner of that in uh, organization or corporation actually helped uh, council member Freddie King in opening it up and we'll talk to him about what he hopes to accomplish. The 11 o'clock hour is the NOLA coalition hour. We'll visit with London Rosier, head kid at Camp Soul Crow, Soul Grow, excuse me, a 501c3 nonprofit workshop camp offering creative learning experiences. We'll talk about that in this hour, Tanya Faya joins us, criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor. We'll talk about uh, what led to and what, what is up with the, uh, the three ple- uh, teens that pled guilty to attempted manslaughter in the death of Linda Fricky and their 20-year sentences. Obviously, property insurance, auto insurance, flood insurance, all top-of-mind issues in the most recent election. And joining us on the line is the Louisiana Insurance Commissioner-elect Tim Teeple to talk about that. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Noel. It's Temple, not Teeple. Oh, what did I say? I said Teeple, Temple. I'm sorry. <laughs> not a problem. We'll get through it. I'm all I'm all tongue tied this morning for some reason. I don't know what what's going on. I've mispronounced about. Hey, six I deserve more. that for not being able to make your show last week. So uh, I apologize for that. No, not not a not a problem. I apologize uh, for same. So, Tim, um, obviously a lot moving. You're getting closer and closer to that January date where you take the oath of office. Uh, are you still thinking that a special session is the best course of action here in the coming months? 
You know, no, I, I don't change my position that we need to have a, a session to address the property crisis uh, as early in the year as possible. But, I mean, just looking at reality, uh, now that the it looks like, a, you know, a, a court has ordered the, you know, Louisiana to re, to redraw their, their district lines for the congressional seats and – you know, from everything I, I'm, I, I'm told and I read in the papers, it looks like that's going to happen uh, as soon as possible after everyone gets sworn in January 8th. And I, that just takes, you know, from, from a timing standpoint, I just don't see – I don't see how we have enough time to do one. Um, you know, certainly certainly would like to, to get a, you know, a bill or two in if possible, but, you know, not being from the legislative side, I don't know how, how – you know, what the reality of that is. Right, and obviously there's exigency created because the court is mandating this, right, and has actually issued a timeline, and it looks like they're going to be going in and asking for a little bit of relief relative to that timeline because of this transfer of leadership in state government. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and you're right there. And, 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 you know, the reason that, that I think that we need to try and do something in January to address the property crisis is, you know, like I said before, if we want to try and bring relief as soon as possible to, to the consumers, to the policyholders, with regards to property, we've still got a lot of other insurance crisis issues in our state, but specific to property, um, you know, we need to do something as early as we can. If we wait until March for the regular session, you know, just the reality of that is that session doesn't conclude until June, which puts us right back in the middle of hurricane season 2024. And property riders you know, that that are worth their salt and have any type of business plan to be, you know, to remain in this state, they're not realistically going to come and write thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of new policies in South Louisiana in the middle of a hurricane season. That just, that's, that's not a, you know, a realistic expectation. So, you know, that's why I'm still hopeful that we can try and find some time um, before March 11th to, you know, again, identify a few items that that will move the market so that carriers will start to come back to louisiana so what do, what do we see right now in the market conditions obviously we've worked our way through the bulk of the hurricane season uh without a storm i would assume that has had to help uh, obviously we probably need to string together two or three of these seasons but what are you seeing right now yeah, and, you know, no, we get, we'll call it, you know, lucky when we don't have a hurricane, you know, when we don't have an active hurricane season. But, you know, obviously none of that is, is, is uh, you know, man-made. I mean, you know, that's all just up to the face of the weather. And we've still got to address the underlying concerns, you know, the underlying issues in Louisiana, and that's that we do not have a competitive marketplace for carriers. You know, we've got some regulatory challenges. We've got some legal challenges in our state. And, you know, I've been I've been extremely engaged in uh, talking with stakeholders since August of this year, you know, identifying, you know, what are those items that we need to address, uh, you know, from a legal standpoint, you know, from a legislative standpoint, you know, what are the items that we need to address from a regulatory standpoint to attract those markets? And, and that's not just for property. That does include homeowners. I mean, I'm sorry, that does include, you know, personal auto, commercial auto. Uh, uh, commercial property, which is a problem in our state too. So, you know, I'm going to keep engaging with stakeholders to to identify that, so that when we get to the point after January 8th, if we, whether it's a special session or a regular session, 
you know, we're going to hit the ground running. We're going to have those items identified, you know, what needs to be done. And, you know, we're not going to wait. And I'm certainly not waiting until January 8th to take office to, uh, to you know, to start working towards solutions. As we, I guess what people are having a difficult time understanding, and I guess in some respects I do as well, um, is it clearly delineated what states they really want to write in? Well, well I think, you know, if, if, you, if you just look at just, let's, let's look at some numbers. You know, prior to Laura Delta, Zeta, and Ida, you know, there were, I mean, there were licensed 130 some odd companies writing property in Louisiana, licensed. And that doesn't mean that they were actively engaged in writing because you have to remember, you know, the top five writers of property in Louisiana account for 80% of all the homes in Louisiana. So, you know, even though you had 133 licenses, it's really, you know, that, that top tier, the ones writing the bulk of the business. So before, and that includes, you know, direct writers, which are companies that, you know, they don't go through the independent agents. They're the ones that you see advertising on TV and you can go direct to them. And then you have the independent agent marketplace, the companies that, that you can obtain coverage through using an independent agent. For the independent agent book, there were about 20, call it two dozen, a strong two dozen companies that were actively writing policies in Louisiana. Right now, that's about four. So those companies chose to stop writing business in Louisiana. They didn't choose to stop writing business all across America. They chose to stop writing business in Louisiana. So I think the proof is right there in the numbers and the fact that they said, you know what, until things change, until they, things improve, we're not going to put our capital at risk in Louisiana. So, no, that, that, you know, that's what I'm focused on is, is creating a marketplace that companies want to come back. And like I said, I, you know, I've been traveling – um, the state, I've actually been traveling the country, uh, meeting with insurance carriers, meeting with reinsurance markets, and I hear it, it is very consistent. We do not support business in Louisiana right now because we do not like the marketplace. So let's talk about direct riders. How many did we have that were riding in the state before Laura Delta and the others um, as opposed to now? Well, from a from the direct writer standpoint, I don't know any that have have withdrawn from Louisiana. But what they are doing is they are not actively writing as many new policies as they were in, in prior years. Um, you know, and, and that's that's through conversations with with the with their agent force that you know they'll be told they can only write so many new policies. You know, this month or next month they can expect to write so many new policies. So. They have they have curtailed their their you know capacity if you will as well, and and again that bodes that does not bode well for you and I as a consumer. We want companies that are actively engaged in writing new business because that creates that competitive marketplace that that you and I benefit from. So if you had to pick an item uh, that you wanted to get through a special session, if you are fortunate enough to have one, um, what, what is going to be the priority issue that you think you're going to get the biggest ROI uh, and catch the uh, insurer's uh, attention that Louisiana has gone on a path of change? You know, Mill, the, the, the two that I think and the ones that I hear, again, consistently from, from the carriers and from the reinsurers that make Louisiana stand out 
is a market that they do not you know want to do business in or we have a three-year rule in Louisiana that we're unique in our state that we're the only state that has that um, that inhibits companies from coming in and writing new business and because it inhibits companies from the ability to manage their own risk so I would say the three-year rule and then we have got to tighten up our it's it's commonly referred to our bad faith statute um, in Louisiana we do not have a de- definition um, you know for that and our neighboring states do and again if we want if we want companies to come in and write in, in a Gulf Coast hurricane exposed state we're the only one that, that has not tightened up our language on that and, and we desperately need to do that to attract new markets so when we talk about the three-year rule, you've kind of said that we can't just get rid of it overnight. It's something that we have to phase out, correct? Correct. And, and you know, like I said, yes, like I said, we cannot just go and just say, you know, starting January 1st, for example, just it does not apply anymore. That that would not work, and that would create more turmoil and crisis in our marketplace than it would help initially. Um, so we've got to create some type of, uh, you know, I'm referring to it as a glide slope. We've got to allow an opportunity for carriers that are currently writing business in the state to be able to to slowly get off risk that are, they have deemed undesirable, um, while at the same time creating an opportunity for markets to come in, and those markets you know, th- that want to write in the areas, and especially in South Louisiana. So you know, we've got some ideas. I don't really want to, you know, publicize them yes because you know what i'm trying to do is get some consensus from the marketplace uh, as well as from the consumer groups to make sure that we've got something that's 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 you know that's viable um it doesn't doesn't do anybody any good just to come up with something if it's gonna if it's you know failure to launch so um, we're working on some solutions i think we've got one or two that, that would help modify while still giving consumers the protection that they need Tim, let me play devil's advocate for a second here, uh, because I, I get these questions a lot when I'm out and about. You know, people know that I talk about insurance quite a bit on this show. But when I hear some, when I hear you say, you know, the insurance company manage risk, so they go in on day one, they have made, they've done their risk assessment, they they run the traps on risk, they decide to write Newell Norman. What's going to change in three years, you know, that they feel like that they're handcuffed from the day that they give the official okie-dokie? Uh, if I'm paying on time, it's not a question of, of, of a credit worthiness relative to me. What in the market is going to change where they feel like they need to manage the risk more efficiently relative to me in a three-year period of time? Mm-hmm. Well, first, I want to say that I think any company should always be able to manage their own risk and do business with people or entities that they choose to do business with, whether it's you to an insurance company or an insurance company back to you. So, I mean, let's 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 at least I mean, I got to say free market should rule. And when you tell a company that they can't change because of a law in the books and it's the only industry regulated, we need to acknowledge that's a problem. But but in your scenario, no, it's it's not the third year. It once it's after that third year, they cannot non-renew you, but for if you fail to pay your premium or if there's a material change in risk. And let's say that your home, when they wrote your home, you've got a seven-year roof, for example. So three years later, you've got a ten-year roof. 
but they stay on. You you keep renewing with them, and now you know we're we're ten years, we're fifteen, we're twenty years into it. That roof, you haven't replaced your roof. It's a it's an older roof. They know they're going to have a claim on it, and if if you decide that you know if you say, oh, I'm not going to replace my roof until I have a storm that's going to buy my roof, that that's a risk that they don't want to have. And we see that happen in South Louisiana a lot. You know, a lot. It's just it. It's it's part of where we live. And a lot of you know, there's a lot of homes out there, and they can't raise their rates. So, so what is enough. the sweet spot from an industry perspective? What's the sweet spot? So, you know, w- what benefit does it do for me or anybody else to go out and buy a 30-year sealed tab roof if the sweet spot for insurance companies is 15 years? Well, right now, if you go and replace your roof and you get a fortified roof, you know, you're going to actually that, get a but that, credit. But that, that's, that's not what I'm asking, because most people are not going to have a fortified roof for the next 10 years. I mean, it's just we're not going to get that market penetration. So as I'm sitting down talking to the insurance company, what is the sweet spot where they decide that my structure is becoming aged? Um, and, you know, so what is the sweet spot? Because you have people that... It's like being a 90-year-old and putting a 40-year a 40-year hip in a 90-year-old. It makes no sense. So, I mean, if there's a sweet spot for the insurance company, what is it? Because maybe I put a 20-year seal tab roof if it's 15 and I save money. And maybe they make a condition of the renewal of the policy is that the the roof has to be repaired replaced every 15 years. Uh, where they well, no, give more I want to disagree certainty. with your statement. Uh, I want to disagree more with your statement that we're not going to have penetration. Hey, I want to disagree with your statement that we're not going to have penetration of the fortified roof program. I mean, you know, Florida, not Florida, I'm sorry, Alabama started their roof, roofing, their fortified roofing program, I believe it was 2016 or so. They've got 43 yeah. or 45,000 new roofs. In the midst roofs. of much better economic conditions, right? Uh, and they they weren't they weren't anywhere near the homeowners' prices that we're paying right now, and they they weren't paying eight and a half percent interest on a home uh, at, at the present time. They had some of the the benefit of some of the lowest interest rates in the history of the country. So there were a whole different set of economic conditions available to them at that point in time, and that's why I believe we're not going to get the market penetration of others because there's just People don't have the cash. They don't have the capacity, and they don't have the borrowing capacity because the underwriting of these loans is getting stricter and stricter and stricter. So it's not as freewheeling oh, well. as it was through through those years, and we can't just we, – we have to take in all of the uh, conditions and the capacity. But that's that's an argument for a different day. If, you know, going back to this thing and trying to create the balance between the two – the, the problem that insureds are having is that they don't know how to pretty themselves up to ensure that, that we can keep a really nice insurance partner because these, the rules and, and the way that we talk about it is vague. They don't understand. If it's a $5,000 investment, I'm sure there would be plenty of people because they, it helps the appreciative value of their home if they're investing in their home. Now, the problem is, the insurance industry says, well, that's a problem because now we're taking in $5,000 more value that we have to cover. And you see, you get in, we get into this cycle where we don't know 
what it is that we need to do to put lipstick on ourselves as a pig, you know, to pretty ourselves up. And I think that's I think what's there's a role fueling that you them. Can see, there's, a, there's a role that the Department of Insurance can play in helping communicate that. And, you know, right now, I think one of the things that's trying to be communicated is that Louisiana, and especially in South Louisiana, we are in a hurricane-exposed area. And that we, sure. as a populace in South Louisiana especially, need to start mitigating the risk, which means we need to start we need to increase our building codes, which they've moved. They've made some movement on that. I think there's still more to, to be done. But we also, when we're building a new home or we're replacing an existing roof, if you're in South Louisiana, you need to look long and hard at making your roof fortified. Because if you don't and the person across the street does, that home is going to get a more attractive reinsur- uh, insurance quote than the home that doesn't have the fortified roof. And we live where we live. We can't move. We cannot relocate the oil and gas industry. We can't relocate all the jobs that are down here. So what we have to do is acknowledge we we aren't far from the coast. We do have hurricanes. Our properties are exposed, and we need to – you're calling it – you know, I mean, you're not calling it – you say lipstick on a pig. It's not lipstick. We need to actually do things to make our homes a more fortified, more attractive, more resilient property. We do that – you start to see those rates come down because companies have to give you a discount for that. I guess part of the problem is you grew up in, in, in a time, I grew up in a time, my parents had like one insurer, I think the whole time, through my entire childhood, probably through college and half of my work life, and it never changed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the kind of stability that my generation actually is looking for. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are completely frustrated that over a 10-year period of time, they might have seven different homeowner uh, insurance policies. And, you know, they, they didn't grow up th- that way. They know what they know, and, and they desire it in, in a huge way. And they would do whatever they could, really, if they had clearly delineated expectations of them, other than we know where we live, you know, we know the challenge, but that there's things that we could do to ensure that we would have a renewal policy that would be relatively affordable presented to us in every year. And I think, you know, that, that, that in and of itself is a big, big challenge right now. It's what I hear out on the street almost every day. Um, well, look, like know, I said, I certainly want to do my part through my office and through the Department of Insurance to help communicate what those expectations are for consumers because – you know, knowledge is power, and, and to your point, if they know what they need to do to help get the best pricing to help, you know, make their, their property, the, you know, more attractive, you know, from, a, from that type, from a risk standpoint, you know, that helps them. And, and we're certainly going to, you know, look in creating a way to message that so people know what to expect. No, absolutely, and, and I appreciate you coming on. I just, I, you know, people ask me these mm-hmm. questions. I, I don't really know the answers. I don't have the answers, <laughs> you know. Well, like I said, that's, but you know, I, that's why I, I want to keep I, doing this on a regular basis to help try and communicate and, and, and understand what people's concerns. And I certainly know. I mean, affordability is number one. But, you know, we've got to, you know, we've got to create a marketplace so that it is affordable and attractive. Absolutely. Tim Temple, thank you so much for joining us today. Louisiana Insurance Commissioner-elect, uh, have a great Thanksgiving holiday, you and your family, and uh, look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon.
All righty, folks. That's Tim Temple, Louisiana Insurance Commissioner-elect. We will be right back. Stay with us. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Yesterday, three of the four teenagers accused in a death and carjacking of Linda Fricky just on moments before they started picking a jury yesterday for a trial that's going to start next Monday on the 27th. Three of them pled guilty to a reduced charge of attempted manslaughter. And here to tell us about that is Tanya Faya, criminal defense uh, lawyer, former prosecutor. Tanya, welcome to the show. Hi, Neil. So, Tanya, a lot of folks are asking, what does this mean, attempted manslaughter? I had to look that up this morning because I was a little uh, confused myself. Clearly, that was a plea agreement to work down to a certain sentencing number, or at least I assume that. Um, Manslaughter is a crime that I'm pulling up the code now. You can commit it several different ways. Um, In this case, I believe the theory is that the defendants were engaged in the perpetration of a carjacking or an armed robbery, and a homicide occurred. And although their original intent was not to commit a homicide, that is one of the ways that you can commit a a manslaughter. Interestingly enough, as you know, that's also a way that you can commit a first or second degree murder. And that's originally, I believe they were charged with second degree murder. So clearly it was a plea agreement. Um, An attempted manslaughter, I don't think you would really have a fact circumstance that would fit the charge. I can't even think of um I can't even think of a a story you put out there that would fit that charge. Um you either kill somebody or you don't. So attempted murder or not. But if manslaughter, if you don't have the specific intent to commit the homicide, it seems a little silly to um think of a fact scenario that this would fit. So the only thing I can think in my experience as a homicide prosecutor is that a four-defendant murder case is incredibly unwieldy, um, takes a very long time to try, and is rife with errors that could, even though you get your conviction, overturn the case on appeal and force a trial not once, maybe twice, maybe three times. And so the state was trying to at least make this a simpler case to try 
and carve out the least culpable perpetrators in the matter. Yeah, I was thinking about that attempted manslaughter thing and, and you know, on a timeline, if there was an end and a clear delineation there and then the remaining uh, defendant uh, picked up with his conduct from that point in time and you can more associate his conduct to the murder than you can the previous three. Uh, but knowing what I know about the case, I, I don't see that line of demarcation available, but I, I don't know everything that, that's presented from an evidentiary standpoint. But as soon as I heard attempt manslaughter, I think I had the same struggle you're having. Um, and obviously yeah. you, you are, are far more learned about this than I am. But I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I had never heard that charge before. Um, it, so. it took me by surprise. <laughs> I, I've known the charge in my 32 or three years of either prosecuting or defending, I've only known that charge is a charge where um, someone landed on it to facilitate a plea agreement. And, you know, it does that. They could have come to the same sentence just by pleading to manslaughter, but as a criminal defense attorney, I know that there are times when I have to almost beg for a charge that my client would accept. The sentence would remain the same. So in this case, if I put myself perhaps in one of those three defense attorney's shoes, perhaps they had a client who said, it was never my intention to kill this lady. We didn't know this was going to happen. Our hands are not the ones that killed her, and there is no way I will plead guilty to a manslaughter. That's kind of where you get the famous line from your clients, they're going to have to give it to me. I'm not going to take it. So if the number was 20, Maybe the attempted manslaughter made the medicine go down a little more easily for the people who have convinced themselves in their mind that even though under the law they are as guilty of, if they are all for acting in concert, as you know, the law of principles, each one is as guilty of, as the other of, of the acts. And even I went back and watched the video this morning after um, – reading the NOLA articles and all. The the little girl that said that the news said was only in the car for seconds, she was in the car, the door was closed. She stayed in there more than a couple of seconds. To her credit, then she did leave. Um, if I were prosecuting, I think that's the one I would want to give the grace to. But the family, I cannot imagine the amount of grace they had to go ahead and okay these pleas because you know as well as I know these were not pleas that would have been taken if the family had any opposition to them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get the sense, I mean, obviously I was very surprised that there were no longer any delays in this this case. Uh, And I do believe that a lot of that has to do with public input. There's been a public outcry for months on end about this case and every time it kind of went underground folks started talking about it again wanting to know about it because it it, you know from a video perspective and you've been in the business as almost as long as i've been in the business it's rare that you get video that's as horrific as the video in this case i agree um as you know and i'm sure as you've seen much more than i there are some things that when you look at videos or photographs they never leave you 
and it's my understanding that this video that we are all able to see on the news is not um it's not that it's edited but um i think there is some further footage that the state and the defense and the police have access to that the public won't um that perhaps shows things a little more clearly about what happened to this poor lady yeah, that's what I've been told, and I think that that's been a, a, a real motivation in, in this case and making sure that there was uh, a lot of spotlight on this case. I, I commend the family for feeling the pain. I'm sure they don't like walking across the room and the TV's on and the video's on again, but um, I believe in one of their very early interviews, they stated that they had okayed this video to be used on the media because they wanted the public to see exactly what happened to their family member. And I think you're right. I think that's been very instrumental in um, keeping the spotlight on the case and pushing it forward. Do you know whether or not they finished picking a jury for next week's trial that starts on November 27th? I believe a jury has been seated. Um, Okay. Which, I'll tell you what, even a one defendant homicide, even though it's obviously not a death penalty case, I was very surprised that they were able to see the jury within one day on this kind of case. Um, I'm looking at the docket master now, and it does indicate that the jury has been chosen. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I wasn't sure from my reading whether or not it, it had been uh, or not. So we'll wait and see what, what happens there obviously um, they're going to offer up something in return for this plea deal i would imagine uh and possibly even testimony at trial you know you bring up an interesting point because again i have no inside information but this case reminds me of a case and i was speaking to another very established defense attorney robert jenkins uh, for defendant murder, he and I, pros- uh, well, I prosecuted, he defended one of them in the 90s that involved either two or three juveniles and two 17-year-olds. Same type of situation, running around the quarter, pulling carjackings. One of them went bad. And my partner and I wanted to use the least culpable people because one of them was asleep in the back seat of a getaway car around the corner when the homicide was committed, another one was sitting in the back seat of the car, not asleep, and the driver, who was also the shooter, and the front seat passenger, who was a 15-year-old girl, went around the corner, went into a cab, killed a cab driver, came back, drove off, and they were caught days later in uh, Laplace, where they lived. But um, my partner and I had tried to go from least culpable to most culpable and offer plea agreements in exchange for testimony and none of them would play ball, so we severed them all, and we tried from the least to the most culpable, and we convicted them all as charged, second-degree murder. And so as soon as I saw the news with the plea, I reached out to Robert Jenkins, and I said, hey, was, was there a deal? Are they going to flip? Because the news indicated that the trial was underway or just recessed to Monday. And as you know, if the if – the, state is going to flip witnesses well that could change the defense's trial strategy and the defense is almost guaranteed a continuance and that's why i went to the court record on the docket master to see if mr boggs had asked for a continuance but i see no continuance request 
in these minute entries. He may have asked and been denied, but certainly that must change his trial strategy if indeed these people will testify. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the how this plays out. Obviously, a lot of twists and turns thus far, and we'll continue to monitor it. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Tanya Fea, criminal defense lawyer, former prosecutor. Appreciate your perspective on uh, the happenings here relative to the murder of Linda Fricky. Thank you so much, and have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. All righty, that's Tanya Fea, criminal defense lawyer, former prosecutor. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I really want to thank all our guests this week because this is Thanksgiving week. A lot of folks traveling with their families, a lot of folks taking time away from their family to join us on the show, and we really appreciate them doing so. Some have actually been on the road, uh, and we appreciate that uh, as well. As you could tell from the interview with both Tim Temple and uh, Tanya Faya, they both did their homework, they did their research, and as we uh, talk about these uh, really important issues. And I, I I received a couple of texts, and I just want to qualify a couple of things. One, the discussion about the plea is not a criticism. In fact, when I was sheriff, I did not criticize DAs for taking plea deals. Uh, they play a vital role in the criminal justice system. There is a lot about cases that we don't really know about. And we have to have um, a level of trust in our prosecutors, the DA in this case, Jason Williams, uh, that they're attempting to do the right thing. Um, because there are nuances at trial, and, and I wish we'd have had more time with Tanya, but she would be the first to tell you that there are a lot of things outside of your control. So you're, you're basically doing risk assessments, for lack of a better term, uh, trying to get pieces of evidence in, knowing that pieces of evidence may be excluded. Uh, that's what she was talking about when you have four defendants who their interests don't all align. They played different roles over the course of events uh, in that crime. Uh, doesn't mean they're any less culpable, so don't go jump into that conclusions. And I'm not suggesting that. I'm just telling you that these are things that have to be weighed by the prosecutor. And, yes, sometimes they get uh, years less than what they ultimately would have if you'd gone to the mat on the instant charge, which was second-degree murder. The, the fact of the matter is, though, it, it's 
different when you step in that courtroom before a jury. You never know what's going to happen. I've always been a bird in the hands better than two in the bush kind of guy. And I recognize, yes, there might have been a greater upside, uh, but this is a certainty. So we have three juvenile offenders that are not good people. They made a mistake of the heart and the mind. They intentionally did what they did. They're capable of choosing otherwise, and they're going to jail for 20 years. That's justice, and that's the way that our justice system works. And let's hope and let's pray that next week when the final defendant uh, goes to trial, Honoré, that um, the DA and his team are able to put their best foot forward and there's a return of a guilty verdict for second-degree murder on him. Because, simply put, he deserves it. We'll be right back. And, folks, we'll get a chance to find out how Linda Fricky's family is responding to the sentence imposed on the three teens. Jenny Griffin will uh, join us. Jenny's been on Tommy Tucker's show several times and on mine as well. And we'll get a, gain a better understanding of their reaction to that as they head into next week uh, in having to deal with the John Honore case. When we come back, NOLA Coalition Hour will visit with Lyndon Rosier, uh, head kid at Camp Soul Grow. We'll talk about what they offer for kids in our city. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 